0: Gervante Tank Davis, versus Rolando, Rowley, Romero, post-fight thoughts. Dun, dun, dun! Hey guys, Fight Junkie here. As usual, before we jump into this next episode, I want to remind you guys, you can hit me up on Twitter, at FightJunkie.com. Follow me on Parlor at Fight Junkie. Listen to me on Anchor, Spotify, Google, Apple, Amazon. Basically, anywhere you can find a podcast, I'll be there. You can also subscribe to the YouTube channel. Oh, wait. Hold up. Scratch that. YouTube deleted my channel. Um, Let me think. Okay. I got it. You can also subscribe to the Rumble channel. Rumble.com slash Fight Junkie. Want live stream? Twitch.tv slash real fight junkie. Won't go 12 full rounds. This fight actually wasn't too exciting until the ending. Going into this fight, we had mentioned that we thought that Rowley, being the bigger guy, was going to press the action and that it wouldn't be impossible to see uh, Tank box, kind of like the Aesop Cruise fight. And that's exactly what happened. And in fact, the scores at the time of the stoppage were Davis 49-46, Davis 48-47, and Romero 48-47. So Tank was still winning the fight. I don't agree with 49-46 at all. I think if you're going to give rounds to Aesop Cruz, then you have to give rounds to Romero as well. If you want to say 48-47 for Tank, I won't go too crazy about that. But I think you can make a case that Romero is winning the fight simply from the pressure. I think there was something about punch stats, which again, remember, I don't really go by these because I don't think they're accurate. But it was something like Tank had landed sub 30 punches in the whole entire fight. That seems pretty much accurate as far as punches landed goes. I mean it wasn't a high action affair from either side. That's why in a close round you're probably going to give those to Romero over Tank. And then the knockout shot, shot came. He ran Romero right into that shot. But it was interesting to me i saw tank make the adjustment in the very first round when he realized that he was going to have a difficulty with the ranger romero he immediately immediately switched his game plan up and he started boxing because originally he was trying to stay his ground he was always trying to bait romero in that was the entire plan but he was trying to stand his ground and every time that romero would fire and he tried to fire back romero understood the distance tank has a shorter arms a shorter fighter And uh, Tank couldn't get to him. So what he did was he changed it up. And he made Romero come to him. And you see the knockout shot was Romero coming to Tank. Getting overly aggressive. Out of position. And then Tank runs him into the shot. So that was a good adjustment in my opinion from Tank. He saw that in the first round. This ain't going to work the way I'm doing it. But if I move around. Romero had already trained to chase down Tank. So he knew that Romero would push him. He knew that Romero technically made mistakes. And he knew that there would be an opportunity to run him into a shot. And it worked perfectly. In fact, Tank said the shot that he hit him with, he didn't even throw hard. But because Romero was coming forward, it was a double shock power. And that's what put him down and out. Now I saw some people on the social saying that they thought the stoppage was too quick. Because there was like 28 or 38, 30 seconds, something like that left in the round. I disagree. I think uh, Romero was out of it. In fact, I'm not even sure that he got knocked out. You could see that his face was just... I mean, he had no idea where he was or what was going on when the referee was talking to him. And I don't really like the move left, move right. Uh, say your ABCs, you know, spin around, do a 360. You know, I don't like all of that. Like, a referee should be able to tell, they get up, you know, come to me, put your gloves up, and then if they're going to go or not. But... Regardless, I still think that Romero was out of it and had the fight continued, even if he would have survived the 28 or 38 seconds in that round, I don't think he would have recovered. He looked like he was pretty much out of it. And I think even going backstage on his, on his way to the uh, locker room, he, he was uh, asking his dad, like, what happened? I think he was really, really out of it. I think he was pretty much out on his feet. And I just don't see a way that he would have been able to come back from that. Again, even if he gets out of the round, what does he do? I don't think he recovers 100%. And if you're in a fight with Tank Davis and you are not on your P's and Q's, you're in for a world of trouble. Another thing with Tank we mentioned this pre-fight again you can check double check triple check what is going on with that hand or the shoulder or there's some issue there i saw it twice in this fight where it looked like he was grimacing in pain when he threw it and then the first one I thought, oh he landed a left hand on Romero and he heard it, but on the replay it looked like it didn't even land. So then I'm wondering, is that a shoulder? And then I saw uh, the next round or the round after, it was another case where he threw it and you could see it like a grimace. I'm not sure if he's got nerve damage, if the hand is still jacked up, if it's a shoulder issue. But there is something going on there and we mentioned that previously, obviously because he hurt his hand in the Isak Cruz fight and that was one of the reasons he said he couldn't do what he wanted to do and he had to box and had to go to a decision, which he normally doesn't do. And then in the lead up to this fight, he was getting acupuncture on his left hand. So I'm really curious to what's going on with that because obviously if you're betting Tank, he's generally a large favorite, usually favored to win inside as he was tonight then you got to be pretty sure that his damn hand or shoulder or elbow or whatever the hell is going on isn't going to fall off in the ring because as he faces, faces the bigger names in the division, obviously you're going to need all your weapons and tools as you step up the competition. So that's interesting to me and something that's kind of concerning because obviously teams are going to keep that, you know, on the low as much as they can. They're going to keep it secret and keep closer close to the vest. They're going to want people to know if there is an injury there or something that is reoccurring and, continues to have issues with. So when you're buddy on tank who's usually the large favorite, that's that's really risky because this is two fights back to back where something has happened. Now he was able to win both fights, but but you can see obviously that is not a position that you want a fighter who's minus fourteen hundred or minus three fifty to win inside to be having hand issues during the fight. Now Where do they go from here? Well, obviously Romero sprinted the hell out of there. Like I said, I think he was out of it. Didn't know what happened. Didn't talk to anybody as far as I know. And most people think he, he talked his way into this contest anyway. I don't think he performed poorly. I don't think it was an exciting fight early, but I don't think he got simply outclassed. Like Tank didn't dominate him over six rounds and then knock him out. He basically caught him with one shot and knocked him out. I think Romero is everything that most people said he was. You know, his technique has, has a lot to be desired people are going to question his chin now but it is Tank Davis right I mean it is Tank so when you get hit by Tank generally people crumble when they get by Tank just just like what Romero did so I think we need to see some more fights some comeback fights from from Romero to gauge okay is he going to co- be able to compete with the upper echelon of the division as far as Tank goes I mean the world is his oyster right but it just depends on who he's going to sign with because apparently his contract with Mayweather's o- over so I don't know if he's going to re-sign resign and in, uh, early in the week it was he was going to be a free agent and do his own thing then it was he has the best team and I have no idea what's going on there so I mean that dictates a lot because a lot of people criticize Tank for his level of competition then it goes back to the you know uh, Mayweather's promotions and Heyman are protecting him so I mean is it Tank that doesn't want to fight these guys after Esau Cruz he said he didn't want a rematch I mean what's going on there talk about Ryan Garcia next I mean it's always a lot of talk a lot of talk a lot of talk but if you think about it Isak Cruz was a a late replacement for Romero who had issues and then Romero is the fight that he was originally supposed to fight and so these two fights are kind of like a wash so you're like okay he's had these two fights but these are not two fights that anybody really called for. People were excited to see him, maybe potentially rematch Isak Cruz, because a lot of people thought uh, Isak could have won that fight. And of course, Tank had hand issues in Isak Cruz and this fight, so that makes it a little more intriguing because Isak's a tough little bulldog, and obviously Tank struggled a little bit more than he usually does in the in the Cruz fight. But, I mean, beyond that, people wanted the big-name fights. They're even talking about Cambosis and Haney, the winner, and, of course, Ryan Garcia. And, and we just don't know what's going to happen. At some point, you're going to have to see these mega fights with these youngsters that are, are that are you know, trying to, to gather all the belts. And they have... Uh, Large social media presence and they're always calling each other out on social media or saying I'll fight anybody anywhere anytime But the fights don't seem to happen, but ultimately the fight pretty much played out how people expected I don't think the early rounds did but ultimately the result is what everybody expected including the books Obviously tank opened at a big big line. He was somewhere around 1400 straight His inside got moved up to higher than what the under even opened at. We talked about in the pre-fight podcast. That's why we went with won't go 12 full. Because at one point you could get that almost the exact same line as you could get tank inside. Obviously won't go is a much better line if, if the lines are comparable. And then money just started pouring in on Romero. I mean pretty much all fight week. I saw him at plus 7 to 1, I believe it was, when we were doing the pre fight podcast predictions. And come fight day, it was roughly 450, I believe, was the lowest I saw at a book. And most of the books, he was all under 6 to 1. That's a lot of money. The, the books had a lot of risk if Romero would have won. Ultimately, Tink bailed him out. That's it for this episode of Fight Junkie. I will sock it to you tomorrow, baby. Fight Junkie out.